Good morning. There we go. Good morning. Welcome to Northside Baptist Church. Um, as you can see, we're going to start our service off a little bit different with our young praise makers choir. And so I'm going to turn it over to them. start off our worship service this morning all right while they make their way down our praise team is going to transition if you will stand and take a moment and welcome those around you
Amen, amen. You may be seated. Well, good morning. Welcome to Northside. We are so thankful that you are here. It is good, good to be back with you. We missed uh, being with you last week. We had a great time in Kentucky with family. We were able to go worship there and see uh, our niece lead um, in worship with the praise team. But man, it's good to be back uh, in our church home. Um, special thanks to Pastor Gary, who was faithful to deliver God's word um, last week and so grateful for he and, um, and his family. If this is your first time with us, welcome. We're glad that you're here. You are our guest, and we want to recognize and honor you in that. We don't want to embarrass you in any way. So the way we do that is it'd be helpful if you let us know that you're here. You can do that a couple ways. One, you can fill out a QR code um, that's in the bulletin, or there's a connection card out there um, at the welcome desk. You can take a moment um, and fill that out. We would greatly appreciate that. We have several announcements um, I want to go through right now. We have a membership class, so this is important. If you have joined and not gone through the membership class, or you're thinking about joining, or maybe it's just somewhere in your mind that, hey, we may join at some point, join us on October 30th. We'll meet in the fellowship hall during Sunday school. We'll have some breakfast for you. It'll be about 40 minutes, uh, but what would be helpful is if you would sign up. So I know there's a lot going on right now with the Connect board out there, the sign-up board. We've got canned goods and diapers and all that stuff, but there is a sign-up sheet. If you can reach it, please write your name down just to let me know that you are um, coming. And again, that's for anybody who has joined and has not been through that class or you're interested in thinking about joining. Um, Coweta Pregnancy Services, if you want to give to that, today's the last day that you can do that. You can bring those items tonight. Um, and then the youth are going to take them on Wednesday and go serve down uh, at the pregnancy center. Um, we got our fall festival coming up. We're going to have hot dogs that's going to go along with the chili cook-off. We're going to have bingo and games and candy. It's going to be a lot of fun. If you haven't signed up, please do. I'm sure we can still use some donations, so please check that out. Um, on Thursday, our seniors are going to Buckner's. Um, we don't have an age limit as to what a senior is, so I guess if you're like, man, I want to go to Buckner's, is it 60? We do have an age limit. Sorry. So if you're under 60, you can't go unless you're on staff, and then maybe you can go. Um, so I want to encourage you to sign up for that. Seniors, it'll be a great time. I'm trying to think if we got anything else. There's a, there's a thank you um, in the bulletin. We had a lunch several weeks ago to help raise money for the four that are going to Ecuador in January from Northside. You see that you all gave over $2,400 um, in one meal. So thank you. Praise the Lord for that. Um, Ryan McMichael has an announcement, and so he's going to come at this time. Good morning. Uh, one thing, just wanted to let you guys know real quick that October is Pastor Appreciation Month. If you haven't seen that, you haven't gotten the emails, just please be aware of that, that this is the month where we do honor our pastors and our staff here at Northside that hopefully you have seen that on the 30th that we will be having an appreciation lunch for them. Uh, so please be here, be ready for that. Uh, just take a moment to honor them, uh, give them a note, uh, some way of appreciation. Then after the service, the next three weeks, we will have uh, a couple men at the door to be taking up a love offering as well to be distributed amongst them. So just wanna make sure that you are aware of that and uh, please participate that we do have an amazing group of pastors here and staff as well. Thank you.
So let me just follow that up with my gratitude to the staff uh, here at Northside. So Pastor Gary um, and his family, Curtis and Ann, uh, Miss Melinda, who does the financial uh, stuff for us, and then, of course, our secretary, uh, Miss Kim, just grateful for all of them. Kim is out of town this week. Her and Mark are in Colorado, uh, loving on and celebrating uh, their granddaughter that was born uh, last week. And so uh, if you need anything, email her. She won't get back to you for a week because she's busy being a grandma, um, having, a, having a good time. So God has richly blessed us at Northside with an incredible staff, and we're so thankful for that. He's also just blessed us with incredible people um, here at Northside. And in the nearly almost three years that I've been here, I've had a chance to hear some of your stories. And so one thing that the Lord laid upon my heart that I wish I would have done this much sooner is that one Sunday a month, you're going to hear somebody's story, a story of God's grace, a story of, of how he takes ashes and he makes beauty. He takes graves and he, and he turns them into gardens. And so this morning, Miss Iva Ashley is going to come and she's going to share her story which is God's story. So y'all welcome Miss Iva. Hi y'all, I'm Iva. Um, most of you know me, some may not, but um, I'm quite nervous, so excuse me. Um, I wanna start out by telling you a little bit about myself. I'm older. Um, <laughs> And I come from a large family of 16. It's a combined family. Um, so that's about it from me for my that. But anyway, my childhood, when I was four and a half years old, my mother passed away. And my father remarried at the, um, when I was six years old. And um, my father had nine children. Two, when they were married, um, passed away. So that left seven, and she had six, and they had one combined. So we had quite a big, a big family. Um, but growing up wasn't the easiest thing for me, especially since I had a stepmother, and um, I don't know, she just wasn't very kind, loving, or nice, or you know, all those other things that you hear about, like the wicked stepmother. Um, so it was like totally awful. When I was in high school, I uh, tried twice to take my own life, and that didn't happen. And I prayed to God. Why I prayed to God, I have no idea, because I didn't know who God was at that time. Um, but I knew other people prayed to God, so I thought, well, I'll do that also. So I prayed to God, please take me. Take my life. I'm, I don't want to live through this anymore. And obviously, he didn't, um, <clears throat> thankfully. Um, so after high school, I was kind of lost, didn't know where to go, living in my car. I joined the military when, um, in 1977 when I was 19 years old, and I spent seven years in there, which was the greatest thing I ever did because I met my lovely husband of 42 years. Um, and we lived our life. Life went on. And then I got a job at ASA, Atlantic Southeast Airlines, which was the Delta Connection here in Atlanta. Actually, it was in Texas, but we moved here to Atlanta. And I met this man who was actually my supervisor. I was his um, manager named Truman MacArthur. A lot of you know him. 
So he worked for me and we got to know each other, became pretty good friends and he started coming into my office and he said, Iva, I need to talk to you about God. And I want to tell you about my church friends and what's going on at church. And I said to him, I said, Truman, I said, God and my office do not go together. They are like oil and water. So, you know, God needs to stay away from my office, <laughs> to put it kindly. Um, I don't want to hear what he had to say. I wasn't ready to hear what he had to say. And um, he, he was at it. He kept at it. Like every other week, he'd come into my office. Let me tell you what happened at church yesterday. Come on, Truman, I'm not ready. So finally, I said, okay, I got to get this guy off my back. He said to me one day, I'll meet you at the doors of the church on Sunday. I said, well, I guess I better. Um, if, if this is ever going to stop, I guess I better. <clears throat> so I said, I'll meet you. And Sunday morning came, and I was like, what excuse can I use? I got a headache. I don't feel well. You know, I broke my legs, anything. But I finally showed up, and um, he welcomed me in. Everybody welcomed me here. And I started going to Sunday school in his wife's, Trisha's, Sunday school class and it wasn't long after that that at work I um, accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior and that I prayed that he um, would uh, forgive me of my sins and I accepted Lord, the Lord right then and there in my office and it was the weirdest thing that ever happened to me because you feel different. You feel like whatever's on your shoulders is lifted and uh, I saw greens greener and blues bluer and everything was brightened and I just felt so good about that. And, um, and I joined Northside and I love the people here at Northside. I love the seniors and what we all do. I love the sin Sunday school class about Miss Robin with Miss Robin teaching and I continue to learn what being like Jesus is all about and what I live for um, is that hold on I got a note hold on hold on I'm looking for it you know it's probably not here hold on hold on hold on okay I got it Sorry, but what I want to say is um, accepting Christ was my makeover, and I feel so much better that, that I did. And I w I'm uh, 14 years into my life with Christ, so thank you. Amen, amen. Let's pray. Father, you have reminded us once again that you are a God who saves. You are a God of amazing grace. Lord, you can take um, tragedy, losing a mom at a very early age, being raised in a, a very horrible, difficult situation. You can take deep despair and depression and even 
suicidal thoughts. You can take somebody who is, as we all once were, or maybe some still are, lost as lost can be. And in the midst of that, Jesus, you can radically change our lives. And you do that. Nothing to do with what we do. It's all your grace. And then, God, you can take that same person who wanted nothing to do with you in her office, and then, Lord, we see somebody who loves you, who loves serving, as you said, whether it's the seniors or the kids, and just has a desire to be part and to belong to the body of Christ. So, God, thank you. Thank you for that work. And, Lord, we pray that you would do that even this morning in our very midst. Change and save lives today for your glory and your honor. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, would you stand? Let's continue to worship together.
Amen. Thank you, choir. All right, at this time, our children are going to make their way out for Children's Church. We got our pre K and then our K through second. So, three and four year olds and then K through second are going to make their way out right now. If everybody else, if you'll take your copy of God's Word and turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. While you're doing that, if I can just ask for prayers from you personally on Tuesday night, I have the privilege of preaching for what is the semi-annual Western Baptist Association um, down in Luthersville. And so I will be preaching to pastors in the room. And Malachi this morning said, Dad, I get nervous, man, when I sing. And I'm like, man, I've been in ministry for 20 years and I get nervous every time I preach. Um, and I've never preached to a room of pastors. So I know I'm going to be nervous. So if you will just please lift me up in your prayers over the next couple of days, I would personally uh, appreciate that. All right, Ephesians chapter 6. This is a message that is for every single one of us in the room because we are all children. I mean, not by age, but all of us are a child, and we have somebody who gave birth to us. Whether you're close to your parents or not, right, you, you are a child. And so this is a word for us. We've been in Ephesians well over a year, and we'll be here for probably at least another month or two um, before we finish out this book. So if you'll please stand in honor of the reading of God's word, and then we're going to dive uh, right in. This is the word of the Lord, Ephesians chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. You may be seated. I was listening to a sermon this week by Alistair Begg. And he said this, and this will be on the screen. We have raised more than one generation who believe they were born without reason, prolong themselves by chance, and die without significance. You cannot sustain a culture on that basis. More than one generation who are born without reason, prolong themselves by chance, and die without significance. Now this has consequences and it impacts every area of society. From sexual immorality to broken homes to abusive parents or absentee parents and to unruly and disobedient children. In the book of Romans, Romans chapter 1, the apostle Paul gives us a list as to what it looks like, what happens when people fail to acknowledge God, right? The fruit of ungodliness. So listen to this list, Romans 1, verse 28. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with, and here's the fruit of ungodliness. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice, they are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless, though they know God's righteous decrees that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. This is what it looks like 
to live in an ungodly world. And in the midst of that ungodliness, we, the people of God, saved by grace, through faith, in Christ alone, are to live differently. Going back to Ephesians 5, Paul says that we have been filled with the Spirit. We are Spirit-filled. And as a result of being Spirit-filled, we will live differently for our matters and sake this morning, that includes the commands in Ephesians 6. This morning, we're going to look at verses 1 through 3. So today is a word to children, which includes all of us. Next week is a word to parents, specifically fathers, which does not necessarily include all of us. But this morning is for everyone. It is a word that God has for us in Ephesians chapter 6. So let's break this down word by word. There are two commands that he gives here in verses 1, 2, and 3. The first command, it's plainly right there before your eyes, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. This is speaking to action. This is speaking to behavior. So let's break this down word by word. He starts, children. I love this. Children. Now children here is not so much concerned with age so children, okay, so he's talking about two-year-olds up to what age? That's not his focus, but rather this denotes relationship. So you have parents, you are living, this first command probably speaks to you're living still under their authority, which means you're still under their roof. Children obey your parents. But who does he address? Children. Understand this was a letter that would have been distributed, would have been read publicly in churches. And so Paul is assuming what? Children would be there. And that's why he addresses them. You don't address children if you think no children are going to be there. He's speaking to children. And he addresses them. Why? Because children matter. Paul understands that they are to be part of the gathering. They are to be included in the worship. Right? And so they mattered. And so just a word, children, youth. I'm going to speak to you a lot this morning. Now, this applies to everyone, but I'm going to speak to you. So, children, if you're in here, youth, I want you to understand you matter here at Northside. You matter. It's why you're up here singing. You matter not only to this church, but hear me, you matter to me. It's why I go to camp. It's why, by God's grace and David's faithfulness on Sunday nights to teach, I don't have to teach that I can just go hang out with kids, hang out with youth, pop into Bible study sometimes. It's because that's my heart. It's because I want you, as youth and children, to know that your pastor sees you and loves you, and if you ever need me, you can come to me. When I left Eagle's Nest, my closest friend and his family, they wrote me a letter. And in that letter, they said, for the first time, their kids actually had a relationship with their pastor. That they, growing up, never had a relationship with their pastor. Man, I want you to be able to say, I have a relationship with my pastor. Why? Because you matter. You matter to this church. You don't just have to be a member who can vote. Kids, you matter. So he says, children. Well, then he gets right to it. Children, obey. Obey your parents. That Greek word for obey is hupakuo. Hupo means under. Akuo means hearing. It simply means under the hearing. To obey what is heard. Children, you are to obey. You are to come under the hearing that which you have heard. Children, obey your who? Parents. Our culture today has this mentality. Parents, obey your children. For this will keep them happy and bring peace to the home. 
There are those who say you cannot correct nor discipline your children because it will break their sensitive ego. You will crush their spirit. What does Paul say? Children, you are to obey your parents. Parents, you have authority. You can tell your child no. You can do that. And you can do it because it's biblical. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. This is critical. In the Lord. If you go back to Ephesians 5, 22, when he talks about wives submitting to their husbands, look what he says, as to the Lord. And now here he says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. This changes everything. Because we, Paul has emphasized this over and over in Ephesians, we are now in Christ. We are in the Lord. We have been changed. We now live according to the Word of God in the Spirit of God. Colossians 3.20 says, Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. When you obey your parents, children, students, it pleases the Lord. So hear me. Obedience is part of our Christian discipleship. We are not after converts. We are after followers of Christ who are disciples and learners of Christ, who want to imitate Christ, who want Jesus to be not only Savior, but Lord. And so we want to obey the Word of God. That is part of our discipleship. And for many of you in this room, that means part of your discipleship is whether you are seven in a believer or you're 16 in a follower of Christ, you are to obey your parents. So again, kids, students, hear me clearly. If you right now are choosing to disobey and dishonor your parents, you will disobey and dishonor God when you get older. If you cannot obey your father and mother as part of what the Word of God says, which means you are honoring God in that, then you will disobey God Himself not only now, but as you get older. Now, Paul says in Colossians, children obey your parents in everything. Certainly, our authority and obligation is always to God. Always. And so if, you're, if you don't have a believing mother or father, or maybe they've lost their mind as a believer and they're asking you to do something that's contrary to God's word, right? you ultimately, at the end of the day, you have to follow God. You have to trust Him. So as you get older, maybe you're seeking the wisdom and instruction of your parents, even as you move out of the house, and sometimes maybe it's godly wisdom, and maybe sometimes it's not. And ultimately, at the end of the day, you have to give allegiance to God and follow Him. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Look what he says. For this is right. It is God's righteous design. It is right according to nature. It's right according to nature. The moment that you begin to have a society that chooses to disobey their parents, you will have the end of that civilization. It's just a matter of time before that civilization will crumble. And it's not just believing Christians who obey. You take Japan. I've been to Japan. Japan is a godless nation. Like less than 2% of them are believers. But you know what you do in Japan? It is ingrained within you that you will honor the older, the elderly, and you will honor your parents. Because even they recognize 
as unbelievers that there's just a pattern to this. So by nature we see it's right, but we also see it is right according to the Old Testament. We'll get to the fifth commandment in a moment, but we see it in the fifth commandment. In Leviticus 19, 2 through 3, listen to these words. Speak to all the congregation of the people of Israel and say to them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. And then right after that, he said, Be holy as I'm holy. And then he says this, Everyone shall revere his mother and his father. Man, it's, it's right according to the Old Testament. In Proverbs 6.20, it says, My son, keep your father's commandment, forsake not your mother's teaching. But it's also right according to Jesus, because Jesus modeled this for us. Luke chapter 2, verse 51, it says, And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. So obeying your parents is right. But hear me, obedience is not only right, it is also possible according to the good news of the gospel. Amen? It is possible. You are saved by grace. You are empowered by the Spirit. You need to understand that. You can understand God's Word and know that through the Spirit of God living in you, you are empowered to obey the Word. Now hear me. You also need to understand that everything in this world is stacked up against you. Number one, your own sin nature is stacked up against you. Parents, you don't have to teach your children to lie. They do that on their own. You do not have to teach your children to throw temper tantrums. Maybe you model that for them, but you don't have to. They'll figure that out on their own. Like, you don't have to teach them to hit their brother or sister. What do you have to teach them to do? You have to teach them to tell the truth. You have to teach them the right thing. So hear me, students, children, it's within your sin nature that when your parents tell you to do something, it's to fight back. It's to slam the door. It's to mumble under your breath horrific things about your parents when you walk away, to say, I hate you, to say, I don't like you anymore. Like, that's just your sinful nature. But good news, the one who is in you is greater than even your sin nature. So there's victory. But not only does it go against your sin nature, you have Satan himself against you. Satan, who seeks to steal, kill, and destroy. Here's the amazing thing. You get, you get kids, students, like, man, I don't want to live under the authority of my parents. Fine. But hear me, you're going to live under the authority of something or someone. You're not autonomous, going to do whatever you want. So I don't want to be under my parents' authority. Fine but you're going to be under somebody's authority. And Jesus does not mince words in the Gospel of John when he says to them, you are of your father, the devil. So here's the deal. Children, students, you listening? You are either surrendering under the authority of God or you are under the authority of Satan. You are a child of God or you are a child of Satan. There is no middle ground. And so, you have not only your sinful nature, not only Satan who seeks to destroy your family and tear it apart, but you also have the world and the world systems doing the same thing. Like, you can study history. You can see countries. You can see it taking place now. There are some, what they want to do is weaken parental authority so that ultimately, the state becomes the authority. So the parents are no longer in charge. We are, as your government leaders. You see that in, in dictators. You see, you see that even now in our country. 
The people are just wanting everyone to depend upon the state. We want the authority. So you have all of this against you, but the good news of the gospel is this, teenagers. If you are a follower of Christ, if you've given your life to Jesus, you can obey your parents. You can. You can live a life of obedience to God and obedience to them. So just a point of application. I tried to find like a picture of this and I couldn't, but I heard this years ago. And man, I, I wish I could say that my kids always follow this and that as a parent, I always do this perfectly, but I don't. But if you want a picture of what obedience looks like, I heard this years ago. This is what I've said many times. You will do what I say right away with the right attitude. That's obedience. You'll do what I say. Implication, you're not in control. You one day will have authority when you're a parent. That ain't right now. Like, I'm the parent. I have authority. So you're going to do what I say. You're going to do it right away. Youth, children, hear me. Delayed obedience is not obedience. Son, take out the garbage. We mean now, not in an hour. That's not obedience. Be home by 10 p.m. That means you are to be home by 9.50. Always get home early. Don't ever cut it close, right? We don't mean come home whenever you want. That's not obedience. Obedience is you do what we say right away. Hear me, and this will transition to the second one, with the right attitude. Slamming your door, it's not the right attitude. Mumbling and complaining about it the entire time, well, I did it, don't matter. Did not have the right attitude. Right? That's not obedience. So the first part of the message is really geared towards everyone who is still living under your parents' authority. You're living in their home, however old you may be, 5 or 20. Right? As long as you're under their roof, they still have authority. You are to obey them. But then the second command he gives in verse 2 is to honor your father and your mother if obeying is dealing with the action then honoring your father and mother deals more with the attitude it deals more with the heart now it's fascinating right because paul quotes from the decalogue the ten commandments this is the fifth commandment Honor your father and mother. Now, we could spend uh, quite a bit of time here. We're going to try to do this briefly, right? So you take the Ten Commandments, people break them up into two sections. The first four, then five through ten. The first four, we could summarize. Jesus summarized it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Then he says, love your neighbor as yourself. And so a lot of people see the fifth commandment as it goes with the, the second set. There are some who see it go with the first set. And then others kind of see it as a transition, so he goes from God's authority, the first four commandments, to then this transition to now parental authority. And parents, that's what you are. God has entrusted you to represent him, honor him in the authority that he's given you to shepherd your children's heart while they're still under your roof. And then he, get, then he transitions into, into what that looks like. And so this is a commandment that he gives. Honor your father and your mother. From Exodus 20, 12, Deuteronomy 5, 16. The Greek word for honor means to respect, attribute high status to, to value and then treat appropriately. To honor your mother and father means you will obey, but it also goes beyond that, to the heart, to the attitude behind the obedience. To honor means to acknowledge your parents' God-given authority, right? The proper attitude. And look what he says. Honor your father and mother 
This is the first commandment with a promise. Now, it's interesting when you study the commentaries, some will point out um, that it's not the only one with a promise. So they'll point to the second commandment, uh, which says, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. But then they'll say, hey, that's not really a promise. That's just the very character of God. He's just saying, this is who I am. Uh, others will say, well, if this is the first commandment with a the promise, then it's the only commandment with a promise. And so you have them discussing that. But the reality is there is a promise attached to this commandment. Honor your father and mother. And then Paul combines from Exodus and Deuteronomy that it may go well with you, that you may live long in the land. John MacArthur says this speaks to both the quality and quantity of your life. Proverbs 30, 11 says, There are those who curse their fathers and do not bless their mothers. Listen to me, teenagers, kiddos. Disobeying and defying your parents isn't good for you, and it's not good for them. It does not lead to everyone feeling and doing well when there is disobedience. But what does it lead to? It leads to heartache. It leads to regret. It leads to pain. It leads to strained relationships. You might be thinking, well, man, I'm going to do what I want to do, and I'm not going to follow God. I'm going to live for myself, and maybe you could care less. But I'm telling you, if you have a mom and dad who loves you, they care. They're not getting sleep. They're at home crying where you're out doing whatever you want to do. And it really doesn't go well for you either. There's not a good quality of life when you disobey God's commandments. It's the opposite of go well with you. It's going to bring nothing but pain and heartache. But he also talks about the, the quantity of life, that you may live long in the land. And we're like, well, how do we interpret that? Look, we all know of people who loved the Lord Jesus and died way too early. And we all know some ungodly people who are still alive in their 90s. And so we're like, wait, this, this doesn't make sense. If we obey your parents, we're going to live long in the land. How do we make sense of that? Um, Listen, just because you obey your parents doesn't mean that you're promised a long life. But I think, again, we can go back to what happens when there's a culture of people who disobey. Right? That civilization will crumble. And if you do not listen to your parents' wisdom and guidance, you will probably find yourself in some positions that could maybe hasten your death. Like because you're not listening to their instructions. You're making poor decisions. So honor your parents. But hear me, as we kind of begin to land the plane, this goes way beyond living in their home. That's the obedience part. Right? We talked a couple of weeks ago that when you, when you get married, you leave your father and mother, you cleave to your wife, there's this new allegiance, this new responsibility that you have. That means, right, that husbands, you're not calling your mom every day saying, Mom, what am I supposed to do? And your mom says, no, do this. Like, well, i got to obey my mom. But that's not, you kind of move beyond that. The obedience part, but the honoring part, you do the rest of your life. The rest of your life. John Stott said, our parents occupy a unique position in our lives. If we honor them as we should, we will never neglect or forget them. Children, that's every single one of us in this room. Now, some of you are you're in a different situation because your parents are already deceased. They're no longer living. Maybe your parents are still living. Maybe your parents are godly and were amazing to you. Maybe they abandoned you. You don't even know who they are, or they're just a despicable human being. But the word is you're to honor them. 
And if they are still living, you are commanded to honor them. Don't neglect them. Don't forget them. Don't forsake to care for them as they get older. You are to honor them. And some of you, that's the season of life that you're in. You have aging parents. And you are agonizing and praying and seeking wisdom over what does that look like? How do I care for them? How do I honor them? How do I love them well? So growing up, there was a book that my parents read to me religiously. I mean, often. And it's called I'll Love You Forever. It's not a Christian book, I don't believe. But I still like the principle. In, in the book, you have a mom who, who has a newborn baby. She brings that baby home from the hospital and she begins to sing this song to him. I love you forever. I like you for always. As long as I'm living, my baby you'll be. Anybody familiar with that book? All right, some of you are. So that little baby becomes a two-year-old and you begin to see the struggles of parenting. Like the, the toddler is struggling, but that mom holds that baby and says, I love you forever. I'll like you for always. As long as I'm living, my baby you'll be. That two-year-old becomes a nine-year-old and the challenges of that. And then it becomes the teenager that I know it all, 16-year-old. And the mom keeps singing. And then, then it becomes an adult. And the mom, it's this picture, this mom holding this grown adult, right? This grown man. But it's the same point. I love you forever. I like you for always. As long as I'm living, my baby you'll be. And then the mom gets old and the, the, the son gets old and he goes to see his mom and the mom tries to sing it and she can't. So the son picks up his mom and says, I love you forever. I'll like you for always. As long as I'm living, my mommy will be. I just love it. It's a beautiful picture that you and I have the obligation just as our parents cared for us as we get older. We are to take that on and care for them. And I have seen this modeled. I shared this. I've seen this modeled so well. I saw it modeled in my father-in-law. I saw it modeled in my own dad. Both of them had a mom who was getting sick and deteriorating, right? And they could not. Some people could bring them into their home and provide them that care. They couldn't do that, right? So they had, they had to do this. We saw this in, in Miss Alexa and the way that she cared for her mom. All three of them had to put them in some sort of facility, some sort of home where they could be cared for. But my father-in-law went daily to check on his mom. My dad went daily to check on his mom. Alexa went, if not daily, often. And if they couldn't go daily, they were there constantly checking on them. Now listen, some of you have been there. Some of you are in there or you're going to go through there. Is it easy? No. Ask every single one of them, was it easy? No. Does it cost you? Ask every single one of them. They'll tell you it costs you. It costs you vacations because you can't go. It costs you financially because you're trying to help out. It costs you time and it costs you stress. Maybe losing sleep. You give yourself. You think, well, man, it's time for me to live life. You don't have kids at home anymore or wherever we are. But then you have an aging parent, and you are obligated by the Scripture to honor them. And if you were to go to those three and ask them, if you could do it all over, would you change anything? And I guarantee you they'll say, no. I would have done it all over again. Because Jesus has saved me and changed me. And I'm called to the best of my abilities to honor my father and my mother. So this is a message for those of you still living in home, but this is also a message for all of us. 
whether you have aging parents or one day you will, you have a responsibility to honor them. So do it well for the glory of God. And let me close this way. We are living in an age of unruly, undisciplined children. You see it everywhere you go. Children just run in the place, run in the house. And in an age of selfishness and thinking only about themselves, brothers and sisters, you and I can be an incredible gospel witness and we don't even have to say a word. People just have to see how we lovingly lead and shepherd our children and discipline them when necessary, and they can see it in the way that we care for our parents, that we honor them and that we love them. And by doing that, we declare to a lost and dying world the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so be that witness, as hard as it may be, be that witness. Would you close your eyes and bow your head? Father, this message this morning was not gospel-heavy, but it is applicable to every single one of us, every one of us in this room, because we are children. Some of us are still young, some of us are older, but we are children. We all have been given parents. For some, God, we rave about our upbringing, we're thankful for our upbringing, and for others, Lord, our upbringing was not that way. It was difficult times. And so, Father, regardless of the relationship that we have, we're still called to live out these commands, to seek wisdom, to seek input from brothers and sisters in Christ, to seek to honor the best that we can through the Spirit of God that indwells us. What a witness. What a witness to a lost, crumbling society when we can say, man, Jesus has saved me and changed me, and it changes the way I relate to my children. It changes the way that I relate to my parents. I'm willing to give up everything for the gospel and what Jesus calls me to do. As hard as it may be, I'm going to give myself to that. So, Father, thank you. Thank you for the testimonies, the witnesses in this room of men and women who have been faithful to honor their father and mother. Thankful for the parents who are seeking to teach their children and point them to Jesus. They're giving their children, their students, the opportunity to know the Word of God and to sit under the preaching of God's Word and the teaching of God's Word and pointing them to the love of God. Thank you for that. God, I pray that our students and our children realize the opportunities that they've been given. Opportunities that not everyone had. That was Miss Iva's story. She didn't have that growing up. So God, may they not take that for granted. May they not complain about coming to gather, but may they desire to come to know the preaching of your word and, and singing songs and hymns of praise, desiring to gather with brothers and sisters in Christ. And so, Father, we pray during this, this final song, Lord, however you've been working in our hearts, if, it's, if we need to repent, if we need to pray, Lord, if we just need to come and kneel before you and say, God, I'm overwhelmed in this situation. How do I honor? How do I help? How do I love? Give me wisdom that we would just come and lay that before your feet. God, knowing that you will strengthen us every step of the way. And we'll give you the glory and the praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'll stand, the altar is open. I'm here at the front. If the Lord is leading you to make a decision, let's worship together. Come thou fount of every blessing to my heart to
seated. Richard and Sally, if you guys will come up here. So this is Richard and Sally Shankle. Um, Pastor Gary and I had the opportunity to meet with them in, in our office a couple um, weeks ago. They are members at Harps Crossing and have been members at Harps Crossing for, what would you say, 30 years? 35. 35 years. But earlier this year, the Lord moved them to Noonan to be closer to some family, and they continued to make that drive back and forth. And as they were driving down 29 to avoid the main roads, they just kept driving by this church, seeing the sign, and the Lord just kept impressing upon their heart that they needed to come check us out. So they came and visited with us, and um, last week they went to Harps Crossing to share with their Sunday school class. They teach every other week four-year-olds, is that correct? So they went to love on them one last time and just to let them know that they believe with all of their heart that God is leading them to Northside. So they're going to join us by letter um, from Harps Crossing. So would you let them know how much you rejoice in that decision? Thank you. Thank you. So we're, we're thankful for them and just thankful for, uh, for God's work in that. That is not easy. Some of you have been there to leave a church that you've been a part of for that long, that you love so dearly, but the Lord has led them here. And so we're looking forward to how they're going to bless us and how we can, can bless them. So before you leave, if you'll just come by, if you guys are okay with it, shake a hand, hug a neck, and just love on them and let them know that you rejoice in that. If you guys just want to remain up here, some people can come by if you're good with that. Yeah, you can stay right there. You stay right there. 
You can, you can actually stay right there. I got one more thing. That'll be the easiest thing to do for you. Um, so that's great news. But sometimes in, in church life, we have the high moments and then we have the, the sad moments. And so most of you know this, that this is John and Diane Tolliver's last Sunday with us. So just as they move to be closer to family, so are the Tollivers. You all have been here pretty much almost since the beginning. How long? 30 years. So just a staple to uh, Northside. And so you guys are moving Dakula? Is that how you say it? Dakula, something like that. Dakula, it's the U. You got to, you told me, you got to say the U. So they're going to be moving away. And so um, this is their last Sunday with us. And so I want you to come by and, and congratulate the Shankles. And if some of you want to stand by the door to make sure the Tollivers can't leave, we, we, can, we can do that as well. We're going to miss them. And it is also Mr. John's 50th birthday, is that right? 91st birthday is what somebody told me. So praise the Lord for that. Praise the Lord for that. So, uh, so we praise God um, for that. And so make sure that you love on them. Thank you all for your faithful service. Amen. Amen. We love you. We're going to miss you all. So uh, you got a couple sets of nucks, net nucks, necks that you got to hug. Man, that could have been a lot worse. Thankfully, that's not even a word, but man, whew, you hear about those embarrassing stories. I've never had one, but that, that could have been close the more I think about it. All right, I'm going to stop talking before I say something I regret. Steve's the deacon of the week. He's going to come pray. If you'll stand... We'll be dismissed with a word of prayer. That's why we love this pastor. <laughs> well, I um, just want to say just a word before I pray, but the sister in Christ that gave her message today, her testimony, and these fine folks coming and John and Diane going where they're going to go, God never makes a mistake. He puts people in your path for a reason. What we have to do is see that reason and act on it. And as you heard this testimony this morning, she said, I don't want God in this office. Now that God is in charge of that office. So just because people say no, don't, keep, uh, don't back off. You just keep going forward and spreading God's word. Let's pray. Lord Jesus... We all come before you right now, Lord God, knowing that we're not worthy, knowing that we're nothing without you. It's only through your grace that we are saved. It's only through your grace that we walk on this earth and have the opportunity to share your good news to other people, Lord. I thank you so much for this church. Thank you so much for our pastor and the message he gave us that we can apply to our lives, and I pray that as we go through this week that we'll do just that in our home and in our work, in our everyday activities. And we just give, the, give you the praise and glory in Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>